You're listening to the Taku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I am joined here, as always, with Chris. Yo. Today's episode is a review of El Hazard The Wanderers. This is a 26-episode uh, series running 650 minutes long, uh, being published by Nozomi Entertainment and Lucky Penny, uh, who was nice enough to give us a review copy of this show, uh, which the Japanese title is Shinpi no Sekai Eru Hazaru. Eru Hazaru. Don't don't try to lie. This is the fifty millionth trapped in an alternate world we've seen. I know. It's like I'm watching this and I'm going, "This is I've seen this before." <laughs> oh, that's right. This was aired way back in October 1995. Kind of one of the first ones, so I can't really <laughs> think that. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, this is done by Studio AIC, who, if you did not know, did a lot of Tenchi Moyu. Uh, Record of Lotus Wars, The Heroic Night Chronicles, I believe it's called, uh, Bubblegum Crisis, Oh My Goddess, Amagami SS, Day Day Live, Burn Up, and recently Nyang Koi. So, yeah. Uh, the kind of the more interesting element of this, and this is kind of what we tied together with it back in the day when we were talking about this show, is uh, the producer is Hira, Hiro Aki Inoue, who uh, produced also El Hazard, the other El Hazard series. Uh, Tenchi Moyo series, which was a lot of the influences there, uh, also did Perfect Blue and was a planning producer for Amagadis, the movie. Um, and the director was uh, Katsuhito Akiyama, who did uh, directing work for Dual Parallel, Pretty Sammy, Pumpkin Scissors, Bubblegum Crisis, Namortage 3. And finally, the character designer is Kazuto Nakazawa, who also did a lot of the El Hazard series, Samurai Shampoo, and interesting enough, Terran Residence. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out the connection between the character art in El Hazard and Terran Resonance. I mean, they're both good, so I guess that's where the connection is, but very, very different styles. Which, between which two of them. the director I've got is Iwasaki. There's two different uh, directors. The main one was Katsuhito, and the other one did a few of the episodes. It didn't really do the entire, wasn't marked down as the entire director, so... Yeah, I've That's got, I got Iwasaki, who's the storyboard and the director, and he's done um, El Hazard. He's also done um, Hayate, the combat, combat butler, Love Hina, um, yeah, Love Monochrome, uh, Slayers, Tenchi, and Zero New Tsukaima. Yeah, there's a lot of connections there, uh, definitely with like Love Hina and... I've seen a couple of connections with Lampina to this this series as well, so 
definitely a lot of a lot of cross uh, pollinating happening. I guess is the best way to put it. So I, I, I guess the way the takeaway from that is really if you like any of these other series that we're talking about with the the director and the and the character designer, you're kind of getting that same flavor here with with El Hazar the Wanderers. Uh, the more interesting aspect of El Hazard, the wonders is people probably wonder. There's like 50 million El Hazard. What's the deal going on here? Uh, I think the one that I actually watched a long time ago, I think, was uh, the Magnificent uh, World, which was like a small, a very short OVA. And the interesting thing with El Hazard, the Wanderers, is that this is like a 26 episode series that was pretty much the same concept, same characters. They just kind of pulled some kind of crucial characters out of there. And they just kind of broaden it out to be more of a kind of an episodic, fun journey, adventure kind of thing. More than what it seems like with, uh, from what I remember with Magnificent World, was a lot more serious in certain regards than what this was. I mean, I get into like the differences, but that's more lighter story stuff, which both of them kind of have that late blooming, here's this big crisis happening, conclusion kind of thing happening with them, but... Really, really interesting kind of layout. Um, but for those who don't know what El Hazard is, it basically follows Makoto, uh, who is going to school in a modern time. He is uh, kind of a, a whiz kid. He tries to do scientific stuff. He's got all these gigantic coils that he's connecting together in this this club room, and he's trying some kind of experiment. Uh, he's visited by his childhood friend, Nanami, who is kind of trying to figure out what he's doing. And she's kind of a profiteer. She likes to go out and sell sandwiches at the school to try to make some money on the side. And, of course, you also have the presence of uh, Nanami's brother, who is the student council president, and he's kind of like this crazy tyrant of a student council president. Like, he he wants everything his way. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a narcissist in, in the beginning bit. part. Just a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit. Um, but... Thinking that Makoto is doing something to sabotage him because he believes that Makoto is always out to sabotage him, even though Makoto doesn't seem to care at all. Uh, he goes to, Makoto, the, to this little invention that Makoto is working on when he's not there, messes with the wiring to kind of sabotage it, and what comes from that is that chaos happens and this warp hole opens up and it sucks both Makoto, uh, Jinai, who is Nanami's brother, the student council president, uh, Nami herself and uh, Fujisawa, their their homeroom teacher, all get pulled into this portal and transported to this alternate world called El Hazard. And once they arrive there, uh, they're kind of all separated except for Makoto and Fujisawa. Uh, they quickly run into these kind of bug-like creatures that are called uh, Bugrums. And the Bugrums are chasing after the princess of this kingdom in El Hazard called Rashtaria. And they somehow protect her and save her because for some reason Fujisawa has like some kind of superhuman strength to him after passing this portal. They don't quite understand why. Um, and so they're kind of quickly brought into this kingdom. Uh, Makoto's trying, and Makoto and Fujisawa is trying to figure out why they're here and how they can get back to their world. And that kind of turns into an adventure for them to go out, seek knowledge of this world, and try to figure out a way of returning back to their homeland, while at the same time kind of getting wrapped up in the mishaps that this kingdom is undergoing. You have uh, a certain student council president is was at the time teleported to the Bughums, uh, the Bugrums uh, kingdom and somehow figures out how to make impress the bug Bugrums leader into wanting to be part of the leadership there. And because of his cruelty. Yes, he's he's quite 
crafty and cruel and cruel and cruel and cruel, and that 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 pleases Diva, the Bugram uh, queen. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the the setup for the show. And like I said, you're kind of just following them as they meet more people, figure out how to get back to their homeland, and get caught up in this havoc that's pretty much being caused by them being there. <laughs> so can't really you know, not blame them in some sort of way. Um, but yeah, this is uh, like I said, it, it does kind of have that feel of adventure. You're going into this other world. Um, I think my only struggle with the show was really in the first half. It really wasn't until I would say probably the the middle point in which you kind of meet uh, Ifrita, who is this demon lord that they have. They kind of come across, and once Ifrita is kind of involved, that's about the point in which all the ca- the entire cast is kind of put together finally. And that's when it starts getting interesting from that point on. I think that's where the a lot of my enjoyment and humor came in the show. But for that first half, I would have to say that it's kind of slow moving. I mean, it it does have charms in there of uh, classic anime, classic uh, boy stuck in, in uh, fairy tale land and being important in some way. But it wasn't really into that middle point where you start to see the chemistry to kind of come together and it kind of move forward. Because in those early parts, you're really just, okay, well, let's go to this uh, priestess to find if she's got any information. Oh, she doesn't have the information. Let's go to this priestess and see if she has any information. Don't have any information. And the entire time, of course, you have Jinai's in the background and he's getting the bug rums to go in and attack in some cruel way. And... Like I said, it has its own charm there, but I think if you're well, looking for more entertainment, we needed, we needed a reason to introduce our lolly. You know, we just had to have her there. I mean, if they didn't go off on a on an adventure to meet all the priestesses, we wouldn't have gotten best girl. Ellie, Ellie, yeah, yeah. Ellie, Ellie was 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 probably if if you have the harem set up, <laughs> the harem setup always has that. Okay, well, this is going to be the main heroine. Ellie Ellie is like the, I'll take care of everybody else. And you're like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> if I can't ship best girl to the Makoto because he's ditherer, at least I have Ellie Ellie is going to take care of everybody else. He's, everybody else he's not much of a ditherer. He's probably <laughs> the worst ditherer I've ever seen. But I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> and I, I guess that's where the kind of the other struggle comes from. I, I loved uh, Shyla. She was the, the fire priestess. Yeah, I absolutely adored Shyla. Uh Afrita had her own charm as well. There was a lot of humor in Miz. Uh, and those are the three uh, priestesses, each of them having their own element, which is another cool element to the world. Afra. You have Afra. Aframan. Aframan, yeah. I thought you said Afrita. <laughs> I, I that poor thing was so underplayed. <laughs> she was so underplayed. <laughs> and I, I got a kick out of most of the experiences between the Bagrams with with Diva, the the queen of Bagram, and and the student council president Janai. But the main characters was like the the part where it wasn't that interesting. Like you had the main cast was like the least interesting element of this show, and I guess it's kind of attributed to a lot of those old classic uh, harem style type setups. Is you end up finding the side characters more interesting than the main cast, but. That was kind of the experience here, and I think that's probably why the later parts was more entertaining to me was because you finally had that cast coming into play. I I, I just I would say that it, it it this this show kind of drew was driven more by its just crazy antics more than an actual plot per se. I mean, right, right, yeah. It it kind of gave it a plot towards the end. I mean, the beginning was we've got to get back home, 
And then somewhere along the wayside, probably about episode five or so, that kind of just got, well, we can't do that. So let's just have crazy antics in the in the kingdom. And then around, I don't know, episode 17 or so is when, oh, hey, we probably better protect the kingdom from the bugram. And that's when all that that ensued. So, I mean, technically, I don't think that the this was really that plot driven. I mean... If I was to say anything, I would say it was more character antics than anything. And I wouldn't even say it's character um, character driven because it's just them being goofy. Um, yeah, the characters are in, are fun. Um, I got more more of a kick out of some of the bugram and then some of the and then a couple of the priestess. But as far as the main cast, I have to agree. I kind of. Nanami never really kind of showed at any any point. Rune was absolutely boring. And I hate to say that because Rune was very boring. Yes. He, I, I I love Nanami though. I she had like three very Well, she episodes. never she never truly got a t- a chance to shine and I I mean that's why I, I automatically would go with Shyla or or Afra, but even Afra after her episode it was like she would just show up and save the day. That was about all she did. Shyla well, was was kind of Sundere. So that was Shyla was to be that way. <laughs> But yeah, I even got more of a kick out of Diva, but unfortunately Diva was stuck with Janai and that kind of I never really cared for Janai. Janai was very obnoxious. Janai was very obnoxious. I think that was the whole <laughs> I know point that of was the point, but <laughs> but it was, it was still always, he's oh he for the people to know, Janai is the character that laughs like hysterically at his own genius. And so he'll just start cackling ha 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 ha. And he's one of those characters that every single time he gets that point in his laughter where you're like, okay, that's enough. And then he does it one more time. <laughs> like, he always does it one more time past your limit. And that is Janai. And I think they were purposely going for that. But, yeah, I didn't like him. But at the same time, I liked the bug rum and how yeah. they react to him. Kazu, Kazu, uh, Katsuho. Katsuho was one of the bug rums, and he is best bug. He's best bug, yeah. <laughs> or every or, time or he's on the go screen, I'm because of the the blush. Well, that was a later part, and that wasn't much. So, so Katsuho we're still still sticking with with yes, Katsuho. Okay, yes, yes. I, I I'm not I'm not gonna disagree because the other one you could make a case for, but Katsuho he put up with some. <laughs> and sadly, Ifrit uh, kind of takes the spotlight from Katsuho because Katsuho is like the beginning part. He's constantly the guy that. Janai is always yelling at to say you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, and every single time I'm going, don't be mean to Katsuho. He's he's very loyal. He's a good guy. Leave him alone. He's a good guy. But yeah, later on you have the whole thing with the blushing Taro with the, and it's just it's funny to see these. You can, you don't know what they're saying, but they're these poor ro- uh, soldier bugs that are just kind of moving around doing whatever Janai wants to do, and you always know Janai is an idiot, and yet Diva's over here just laughing along with him because he's like she's like. That's genius. I'm going to go with it. Laugh with him kind of thing. And that was the only reason why Janai was not obnoxious. Yeah. So, yeah. Because Janai took, or Diva took the edge off of it. I got you. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) It was like, even when he would laugh and he'd keep laughing and then she would join in. It was like, okay, this is funny now. It it went from, (laughs) it instantly went from stupid and annoying to funny because now she's laughing along with it and you don't know why. (laughs) She just, okay, I'll join with you. This is madness kind of thing. And it works. But yeah, when when Ifrita joined in, Ifrita ended up being the 
I am now more interested in the bad guys because Ifrita was just really cool, <laughs> and she was p- sadly stuck with Janai over the side of it, and that, yeah. Honestly, I would say Ifrita was kind of like the hidden gem of this show. I mean, once you got through the first several episodes and you're like, okay, this, this is a goofy romp, and then all of a sudden you're introduced to Ifrita and you're like, she's kind of cute. I, 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 I want figures of her. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because apparently she's like completely different character in the, in the, the magnificent world. Like they completely made her bubblehead with this one. So that's the, that's the other interesting element of it being different than the other one. Probably, um, probably her devil mode that they show. Yeah. Okay. I think exactly. I think that's exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I, I enjoyed the, uh, the, the, the priestesses of each of the elements, they were really cool. I liked seeing the backstory between Afashala and uh, Afura, probably one of the better episodes. Best episode easily was definitely, I would say, it's called the Lost in Translation is what I called it. It's where you have uh, this meeting between the humans and the bugrums, and there's this translation that's happening. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious episode. And then they, they follow that up with the the battle of the, the sister and the brother between Anami and, and, and uh, Janai. It was like two in a row episodes of just, wow, this is like the best writing in the show right here is these two episodes. Give me more I, of this. I can't disagree with you, but I do think the date episode between Mies and, uh, and Fujisawa was pretty dang adorable. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. I thought it was very cute. <laughs> it, Mies was like that one character that always had that struggle of like, she's the quote-unquote midlife crisis girl i'm being left behind by my marrying out friends character and yet fujisawa was the i don't really think i he want was to get the involved real dither. he was really he was the real dither of this show okay well i thought right off the bat rune was gonna fall for fujisawa but you know makoto main character charm for some reason pulled rune over to him but i i honestly thought that rune was gonna go in after fujisawa but Darn ditherers. I don't know how they pulled <laughs> off. They somehow pulled off. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I like I said, I, I like the the backstory of Shala and uh, Afura, and I think they did that perfectly in there just to kind of constitute what was happening in the later parts. Um, it's got its own charm there. And like I said, I, I think a lot of people watching the show are probably, if you're newer to anime, you're going to struggle with that first half of the series. But the later half of the series, I think, has a lot of to offer there. And it's really kind of just a simple adventure show. And that's really what I would put it down to. Yeah, there's a comedy there. A lot of the comedy might be a little bit too weak for some people. But you still have the element of adventure. You have some pretty solid uh, exploration of this world. Granted, they don't... For me, people know that I'm the big world person. I, I like my expansive world. I like the intricacies of a different world. From my point of view, I think it has a lot of that stuff in this world, especially with the bugrums. They actually get into it, but a lot of it is just not really explained. Rune's uh, origins, and they get a little bit into her backstory. They don't even really touch it ever after that. Then they have the whole thing with the the Eye of God. They really never explain any of that. There's just a lot of things that you can find in Wikipedia's or cross-references to the other series, but a lot of it's just really not explained. I think that's the only thing that's going to be a downfall of the show is just really... You have an expansive world, you have all these intricacies to it, but a lot of people are going to have an issue with it not really being explained. And it just goes back to the idea that you want to think it's about the world, you want to think it's about the adventure, but at the same time, 
if you don't touch it, then it ends up becoming just a part of the characters. It ends up being, let's have fun with characters, really, is in the end. Yeah, and and a lot of that on, on my side is more, it's just, it... it doesn't really get much farther than the 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 main introduction of the cast and then they just have goofy fun. I, and I think that it does does that well. I, it 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 never it never deviates from the course of trying to just have fun with these characters and it be a goofy romp in, involving the the world. Yeah. Um but yeah, I definitely enjoyed Afrata Africa and and Shyla. I think they were Afro-man. I said Afrita. Okay. Not, not Afro-man that I keep th- thinking the entire time. I didn't want to <laughs> say it the entire time was Afro-man. Is, is one character. Afro-man is another character. Yeah. You, you, it sounds like you're saying Afrita. Afrita. <laughs> Afrita. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, outside of that, uh, really nothing else I have to cover on this one. Um, is there anything else you want to explain no, on? I, I think, like I said, I, I think that what it did, what it set out to do, it did wonderfully. I, I don't think it ever tried to do anything more than just have fun with a bunch of characters. I was a little upset that they had this introduction of a quote-unquote Ryoki character. I know what you're doing there, Tenshi Moyo people. Ura, and yet no spaceship. No, I was more frustrated that 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 Ura had one part and then turned into this kind of vest thing from Makoto and then never really did anything else outside of that. Yeah, and in the except other, in, for helping him climb every once in a while. In the magnificent world, <laughs> Ura is the the pet of somebody that got captured, which is related to Rune, so that's like that connection there. It's like over here it's like, yeah, it's the a royalty pet. And then over here it's oh, we found him in a jungle. <laughs> And he turns into a vest and and scratches walls to keep me from falling to my death. <laughs> oh, it's goofy, but keeps Katsuo away every once in a while. Poor Katsuo. I I <laughs> I, I guess I can't really say that because then it would it would deny it would confirm deny something in the show. But it was like I I, I expected more of Katsuho. That's what I'm gonna say. I I honestly thought they were gonna do something with Katsuho. And again, I'm talking about the bug humanoid. For those who don't know, what we're talking about Katsuho, and it's like. Oh well, I guess we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was, we were constantly wanting that connection between the two sides. Like yeah. the bugrams aren't that bad. They're not that bad. Are no, they? I, 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 I actually like the bugrams, and I thought that there, there was so much potential that they could have done with that. But I don't think that the show was trying to go for that. It's kind of, it's kind of fun to see a, a show that does a little differently in that regard. I mean, you, you have the typical. Here's the main cast, and here's the bad guys, and there's for some reason they're trying to hurt each other. But this is one of those rare cases where it didn't really seem like anybody wanted to really kill anybody. Yeah, it's just a fun kind of show. But even though you're kind of doing things that you're gonna kill somebody, but we'll move on kind of thing. <laughs> well, that's even like the 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 latter episodes when a certain person. Uh, Got a little in over that person's head, and they were like, uh, wait, 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 wait. I didn't really want to do that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this uh, review of El Hazar, The Wanderers. Again, thanks to Nozomi Entertainment and Lucky Penny for uh, giving us a review copy of uh, El Hazar, The Wanderers. Uh, you can go pick it up from them, from Right Stuff, on June 7th when it's released, unless they release it earlier like they like to do. Um, but we hope you guys enjoy this review, and you all take care. Us. Oh, s-